The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. So one of the professions that has been around forever, at least as long as there have been laws, (laughs) have been lawyers. (laughs) And, you know, regardless of what we might think about lawyers and the legal profession, it's part of what allows us as a society to operate under the rule of law, right? Right. The thing about the legal profession is that it's dominated by humans and paper documents. Mm -hmm. And of course, any if you've been listening to our Cognolytica AI Today podcast, you know that when there's a lot of humans and a lot of paper, there is a role for artificial intelligence. Oh, there is. Mm. So we want to spend some time today talking about how AI is changing and augmenting the legal profession. So as Ron mentioned, you know, there's a lot of paper that's involved with any legal case. And, you know, people are looking for ways to make this more efficient, to save on costs, but also to save on time because it's a lot to go through all these documents and, you know, laws can change and get updated and new case litigation can come out that makes the interpretation of the law different. And people need to stay on top of all of this. And without technology, it makes it very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So when you think of the law profession, of course, there's many different aspects to it. Of course, there's the reams and reams of contracts, you know, contracts between businesses, contracts between employees, you know, then you have personal contracts, you have financial contracts, you have insurance contracts. These are all legal documents, right? You know, 99.99% of them, you know, just are routine, you know, just I send you a contract, you sign it, now you're signed up for my credit card, you know. (laughs) You've agreed to the terms of this insurance agreement. You've bought a product for me, here's a proposal, sign it, right? You know, or it could be those sorts of things that are maybe arguments in front of the court. They could Mm -hmm. be trial proceedings, they could be, you know, depositions, they could be discovery of documents, especially if you have large cases. And the thing about all these is that lawyers are not necessarily the lowest cost of profession, right? (laughs) Right? I mean, for a good reason, you know, good lawyers spend a lot of time going to law school. They have to basically certify themselves in the case of the bar and they have to continue to present themselves to a very professional society. But a lot of these activities are not, don't really require the experience of law school. It requires like, okay, I need to go through this document and redact all these things or go through this document and find all these clauses or like look through my millions of contracts and find the six contracts that reference this thing. Right. That's supposedly the world of paralegals Mm -hmm. and junior law professionals. And that's the area where artificial intelligence may take a real bite. Yeah. And according to the law technology today, They're saying that over 100,000 legal roles will be automated by AI systems by 2036. So, you know, that's a lot of roles that can be automated by automation and by more intelligent automation as well. Yeah. So, of course, you know, we talk about our seven patterns a lot here at Cognolytica and something we refer to a lot in our CPMAI training as well. So if you're interested in applying these things to your own industry, you should basically look at the methodology and some of our training. But long story short, we have recognition patterns. We have conversational systems. We have autonomous systems. We have hyper-personalization. We have goal-driven systems. We have patterns and anomalies for finding anomalies. And we have predictive analytics. And every single one of those patterns is actually applicable to the legal profession. We have in the recognition pattern, the ability to scan through, say, video or images and find something. 
We have, or even within documents that it's able to identify what's on the page and right. quickly classify documents, for example. Right. And that's something we actually see quite a bit. One of our uh, trainees, one of our classes, talked about the fact that they are a, in the public defender's office and they have a need to basically just classify documents or categorize them really based on whether or not they should retain those documents. Some documents need to be retained for several months. Six months or one year or seven years, or they can be, you know, gotten rid of right away. So an example that he Mm -hmm. gave was if somebody goes, hey, I have cake in the break room, that email can be, you know, discarded right away. It has nothing to do with anything. But if it's a legal document, like a will or something else, Mm -hmm. that may need to be retained for seven years. Well, is it really a good use of time to have a lawyer who costs a lot of money be going through these emails and being like, oh, this is about the cake. Oh, this is about someone's retirement party. Or can you have an AI system go and automatically do that? And then the ones that they're not sure of flag for a human Mm -hmm. to review, which will dramatically decrease the amount of time that humans are doing looking through these documents. And then that's just that one pattern, the recognition pattern, or maybe even the conversational pattern, which we'll get into in just a moment. But you can look at another pattern, the autonomous pattern. What is this autonomous legal? What does that mean? Well, there's a lot of things. First and foremost, you know, uh, the whole managing the legal professionals, you can think of as legal practice management, they're starting to use AI systems to automatically track hours that are spent on different cases, automatically spot patterns in the work hours, and basically help make lawyers more efficient. And of course, hopefully at the end of the day, make it better for their clients that they're not spending, say, two hours on something, you know, of course, and billing the two-hour rate, which I can guarantee you isn't cheap, Mm -hmm. and instead spending 30 minutes on something or 15 or maybe just completely automated at all. Maybe, you know, it's hard to say, you know, if the legal profession starts using more of so-called robotic process automation tools and process automation tools, you know, will they charge the time that that bot is working on something? Who knows? <laughs> That's for it the future. It might be cheaper at a minimum. Hopefully it will right. be cheaper. But basically, yeah, their, their legal bot has worked on it. But, it. but this is part of the patterns and anomalies pattern as well. Spotting the mistakes, you know, looking at anomalies as to, as to how the lawyers are performing their time. Mm-hmm. So that way they can basically, you know, solve any invoicing mistakes or time management issues and the client has better visibility into what's happening there. Right. Because one thing that we talk about very frequently on this podcast is how fast computers can just go and churn through documents at a much faster rate than humans. And also they never tire, they never get fatigued, they can run 24-7. So, you know, how more, how much more efficient could these law practices be, especially if they're working on very large cases, if they can have an autonomous system go through these documents and be able to catch things? You know, it, this could speed up months of discovery and months of legal time. Exactly. So we are also seeing this idea of the conversational legal assistant, right? You can mm-hmm. think of it that way. Uh, a lot of people have have routine legal questions, especially around things like, you know, their financial planning or the legal planning, the will, or maybe even aspects of the other things like, you know, trying to get a lawyer's opinion on aspects of divorce or of contract matters mm-hmm. or of like, you know, dealing with your neighbors or something. Yep. You, know, you know, there's lots of different applications and you don't need to spend, you know, an hour or two of a lawyer's right. time answering these things. So we're seeing the idea of the frequently asked questions yes. know, making its way into the conversational legal robot. Right? Yes. I feel like back in the day, you know, sometimes little newspapers would have, you could write in oh, and then, yeah. yeah, they would say, oh, yeah. oh, this is my, you know, I have a complaint with a neighbor. How do I do this? Or, oh, my trash isn't getting collected or, you know, little legal legal issues. And a, a lawyer uh-huh. would go and write weekly, pick a few and do that. And I feel like now instead of that, where, you know, the lawyer goes and picks two or three and writes about it. Now, the majority of things can be answered and in real time, just about. So how do they go about 
doing this and how do they make it cost efficient? Because to have a, an actual lawyer sitting behind this chatbot and answering questions as they come in might not be a good use of time for that lawyer. But that doesn't mean that the firm still can't offer that service. So we've started to see more intelligent AI-enabled chatbots where they're doing more than just answering an FAQ, you know, very general FAQs that people can find on their site. But they're starting to give, I don't know if it's exactly legal advice, but it's legal suggestions and saying, well, look here, or we've seen this in other cases, or, you know, "This this is something that you can look into. Yeah. And I think in general, this idea of this augmented legal help, this augmented legal system may become hopefully more common. We'll have a little pocket lawyer with us on the phone and just like we're having pocket legal advice and pocket insurance and all this sort of stuff. I think for those sort of routine things, I think that'll be great. And, and maybe it'll spark a new sort of like software as a service business providing that sort of thing. But it's more than just that. I think we're also seeing the use of AI for a variety of things. You know, people make mistakes. That's just sort of the nature of, of the beast. Being a human. Right? <laughs> Lawyers make mistakes. You know, businesses make mistakes. And, and so just like in the medical imaging application where you have AI providing that first set of eyes, that second set of eyes, we're starting to see that same sort of thing in the legal profession where AI software is being increasingly used as a second set of eyes on legal documents. So it can read the contracts and agreements and it can say, oh, this is missing a clause or there's some inconsistency. This clause here is saying this thing and this clause is saying something else about the same thing, but they're not necessarily the same thing or incorrect, maybe using the, the an old version of something that has, you know, now the law has changed or something has changed or some sort of improper clauses. And this is not just sort of a theory. JP Morgan has something called the contract intelligence system, they called COIN, that can extract 150 attributes from 12,000 commercial credit agreements and contracts in just a few seconds, and it'll analyze them for consistency. So that, you know, if you have a credit card agreement, and all of a sudden they've changed their terms and conditions, which happens all the time, um, they could see if you have an old version of that and maybe something that may not be consistent, and they basically deal with it. They will find out about you if you're a JP Morgan client, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. right? And the reason that we like augmented intelligence tools is that you're not replacing the human, you're just helping the human do their job better. So that's a great example of how you're having the second set of eyes to double check every single you know process or document that is getting submitted, where you still at the end of the day have the human there, but you're able to do it either more efficiently or you just can feel more confident with it. And hopefully you can do it a little bit faster Mm -hmm. as well. And so this idea of sort of the augmented intelligence, we actually have had an interview with a group called the Tubman Project, like maybe a year and a half ago. We'll, We'll provide a link to that in the show notes, where they're using these AI assistants to help the public defender's offices here in the U.S. that are just chronically understaffed and need to just handle basic caseloads for, for folks who are trying to defend themselves in some criminal situation or civil situation. And basically, these bots are doing some of these things, providing the, the conversational stuff, doing some of the analytics, doing automated filings. It's a little bit of RPA, a little bit of contract analysis, a little bit of conversation. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see how all these things are sort of coming together. And I think this is really helping all this work out. We're seeing other applications of AI in legal in other areas, like, for example, in patents and trademarks, which are notoriously complicated for even human examiners to have to try to figure out the one thing, which is, is this patentable, right? Right. And, you know, that can take a lot of time and a lot of man hours to do all that research. They get very large quantities of patent filings and they need to go through existing claims and there's trademarks that can be pending. You know, can I get this granted if something else is pending? I need to know all this. There's copyright filings. So there's a lot that needs to get taken into consideration. And then we can also have copyright infringement 
with existing intellectual property claims. And so how do we go through and look at all that? Well, right now, the you know patent examiners are doing it manually, but they've started to use AI tools to help them. And they're finding that it's really increasing their ability to do their job better. So for example, in the US, the Patent and Trademark Office is using AI to help with search. So they're using natural language processing. And through AI, they are now able to look at patents. And instead of just hitting keywords, they're able to have a much broader range. So if they're doing something related to, we always say like a pet collar, if it's a unique pet collar, well, they can look at animal restraint or, you know, different animals, different terms that are similar, but not yet the same. So that instead of doing a straight keyword search, they're able to do it through like a knowledge graph where they're able to, you know, look at very related terms. Right, exactly. And, and, you know, they just can't just find their searches in English language. You know, these patents might exist in China or Korea or, you know, Germany or in some foreign language. Any other language that's not English. (laughs) Yeah. And so the idea of basically doing a worldwide search for like, has anybody patented something similar to this? You know, is, is this claim that this person is trying to protect through the patent? Is that something that they have a unique claim on? That's a very tricky question. Of course, a lot of times patents then get contested and saying, no, there's some prior art or no, I already patented that or no, that already exists. And they're patenting something that's already common, you know, that gets challenged in the court system. And so, you know, to, to prior to the court system, you know, giving these patent examiners and also the people who work inside the companies who are trying to protect their own intellectual property, you know, give them these more powerful tools. So we actually have, have seen a lot of companies that have come about recently to provide a lot of these solutions in this space. We mentioned about uh, Project Tubman and on the self-help legal side, we've seen companies like Rocket Lawyer, which is sort of like the, it's like the rocket pocket lawyer. <laughs> right. Well, because sometimes you have very simple use cases where you don't really need to go to a lawyer if you have very simple legal right. contracts that you want to work up and you don't necessarily want to have the expense of a lawyer drafted up, but you want the protection of having a legal document in place. Now there are services such as Rocket Lawyer and others that can help customers to generate these legal documents and then provide other forms as well and ancillary forms that can go with this so that individuals and businesses can feel legal protection, but not having to actually consult and hire a lawyer who could be very expensive. Yeah. So I think that's basically that this landscape of AI helping any sort of paper or human-based process. If you can think of a paper-based human process, I can bet you it's, it's helping in accounting, it's helping in insurance, oh, yeah. it's helping in legal, it's helping in real estate, it's helping in HR. Finance. Finance. These are all sort of like different versions of human. St- like law, legal profession is still fundamentally a human endeavor. Computers, they don't care about lawyers. <laughs> you know, you need lawyers because people are people and people have differing opinions about things and people have different needs. And sometimes we disagree with each other or sometimes we do something that we're not supposed to be doing. And that's what the framework of laws is for. And that's what lawyers are there to help with. But, you know, in any of these endeavors where we have humans and documents, we have the possibility of applying these seven patterns of AI and basically increasing the efficiency, increasing the effectiveness, and really just helping to squeeze more value out of the legal profession. So we like to always, you know, this was one of our use case podcasts, and we like to go through how AI is being applied in various industries so that one, people working in that industry know how it's being applied, but two, how you can see how it it really is applicable in many different industries. And as Ron brought up a few times, our seven patterns of AI, think about it that way. So listeners, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast and please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next podcast.
And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.